0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Is Anthony Richardson cemented as the Florida Gators QB1 for the 2022 season? Or does Jack Miller have a chance? We talk with and about Nina Rickards, and then we talk with not Emory Jones about Emory Jones at Arizona State, only here on Locked On Gators.
0: You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Twitter's WNS underscore Brandon. Written work is with Whole9Sports. Just going to ask you a like, subscribe wherever you're listening, leave a comment, review, whatever it is. Let me know how I can make the show better, even DM me. I've been getting a few of those. I appreciate them. Thank you. We're talking about Anthony Richardson today um, because he has been someone that we've been talking about for a very long time now. Last year, he was the backup quarterback pretty much all throughout spring and summer, and then, Into the season, um, it was still Emery, and people were clamoring for Anthony Richardson. And now it's here. It's spring 2022. We're going into the season so far with Anthony Richardson as quarterback one. And we're talking about if he cemented his status there because Matt Miller tweeted this the other day where he said, Florida fans, is Anthony Richardson cemented as QB one or does Jack Miller have a chance here? And the reason for that is obviously all of the draft hype around Anthony Richardson, you know, Todd McShay last week even had Anthony Richardson as a first round pick as a first round quarterback. And we've seen that with pro football focus. And we've seen that with CBS and we've seen that with literally everybody that has put out a mock draft has had Anthony Richardson in the first round, in the first round. We saw the same thing with Emory Jones last year and, I, look, I, I'd say that Anthony Richardson is all but cemented there, and by that I mean he's not cemented, but he's he's pretty much cemented. He's wet cement right now. He, he is set as QB one, and I even responded to the tweet. You know, I, I think I think he's going to be the quarterback one. Uh, he's not a perfect player, he's not a perfect pro- prospect, but he dominated. Spring ball this year, and I get it. You know, it's spring ball. You could take it with a grain of salt, you could take it with whatever you want. I don't care. But he dominated it. And the spring game dominated it. 34-0 is a massive win. And sure, maybe we could look at spring ball and we can say it wasn't necessarily Anthony Richardson being so dominant that cemented his status. It was that Anthony Richardson did kind of what we expected from Anthony Richardson, maybe a little bit above that and Jack Miller the 3rd kind of didn't really show up in spring ball, mainly this spring game, but partially in spring ball as well. Because, you know, towards the end of spring camp, we were talking about it's Emory Jones as QB1. I mean, it's Emory Jones. It's Anthony Richardson as QB1 spring camp. Last year, we were talking about Emory Jones. But we were talking about Anthony Richardson as QB1 this year. And then we were talking about Carlos Gabriel Wilson and Jack Miller III kind of fighting for QB2 this year. So maybe it's more about what Jack Miller did, and that's what people are also concerning. And again, I get it still because we haven't started summer yet. <laughs> like, it ain't the summer yet. Uh, so I get it. But unless things change dramatically in both the performances of Anthony Richardson and Jack Miller the third, I don't see how Jack Miller the third could change anything. Because even if we see something change dramatically in how Jack Miller the third practices, I don't know if he can eat up enough space to kind of kind of take over Anthony Richardson's job. If that makes sense to you, uh, it's just like Anthony Richardson would need to talent wise drop drastically and Jack Miller would have to step up way above the talent level that he's played so far. And frankly, I don't see that happening right now. You know, we were talking about Jack Miller III, myself included, about he's an accurate guy. He's got a little bit of mobility, but not a ton. But he's an accurate passer. He can make all these plays and do all these things. And then spring ball came and the spring game came. And he kind of just didn't show that he was ready to do that yet. He's kind of still just someone where he's not a bazooka-armed QB. And I don't think he played awful. I think it's a very good defense. And I think not enough people are accounting for the fact that he was using, that he was playing the Florida Gators defense, which uh, too deep for Florida Gators, I think is still very good. I'm very high on this defense. So Jack Miller III couldn't really get things going against them. He made some plays here and there, but did nothing exceptional, really. Um but part of the hesitancy around draft media and why Matt Miller said, Florida fans, is Anthony Richardson cemented at QB one or does Jack Miller have a chance there is because last year that so much of the spring session of football in general after the draft was Emory Jones is a top 10 draft pick next year. Emory Jones is a potential QB one in the draft next year. Emery Jones is this Emory Jones is that. And then, um, how up at the slightly that didn't happen <laughs> it's it's as simple as that that didn't happen and and people are doing the whole of the scouting the helmet thing um where they're going to say well florida doesn't produce great nfl quarterbacks uh because kyle trask has been a backup obviously emory jones transferred after getting benched and anthony richardson um is is tbd right now so people don't want to buy in but that's the same horrible argument of Justin Fields can't be successful because Ohio State doesn't produce good NFL quarterbacks. That it's just, it's a moot argument. It makes no sense. Um, There is no correlation between them. It's strictly coincidence. But I do think that the hype for Anthony Richardson is deserved. I think I've been saying for a while, he's got the tools to be an elite quarterback at the next level as well. So, I mean, but I kind of get the hesitancy when you go, well, Amory Jones was getting top 10 draft hype and we're doing the same thing after he fizzled out. But I do think that Anthony Richardson is cemented as quarterback one this year. I think that the team loves him. I've told you before, what I was told before the season was that, uh, that, that the team wanted Anthony Richardson starting, but the coaching staff was committed to Emory Jones. So the team loves him. The team will play for him. And I mean, he's the best option there. And Billy Napier wants to win football games immediately. Um, so I will say that he's not cemented, but he's he's going to be QB1 at the start of the season. And then we're about to be joined by Nina Rickards, Florida Gators, women's basketball guard with the first half of what was an awesome interview. Um, which, yeah, it, it was amazing. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Joining me now is Nina Rickards, Florida Gators Women's Basketball Guard. And you can find her on Instagram at fifteen. Nina, just, just starting off today's interview, uh, I want you to walk me through this past season a little bit because this was your third year in Gainesville. Your first two team had a combined 27 and 29 record, and then of course. Things happened, and Coach Finley took over as the interim head coach. And you went to the NCAA tournament. So, just what was that like for you?
2: Uh, I must say it was an amazing experience. You know, uh, me and my teammates. You know, we faced a lot of adversity, and I think we do a good job. You know, uh, just capitalizing off of adversity. So, in the beginning of the season, we all set goals, and making the tournament was one of those goals. And we just slowly but surely got there, and we're proud of our season. I mean it didn't turn out, it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but uh it was definitely a turning point for us in our program. And it was just awesome. Just like being able to talk about things and actually going through with it in our actions. It was a it was an awesome season for me and my teammates. Yeah.
1: And then I mean, this season was obviously like you just said, awesome with, with Coach Finley in her first year just taking this team on that insane run, too, where you just beat like six top twenty-five teams. and uh, it was awesome but how awesome was it for coach Finley to be given that permanent head coaching title at the end of the regular season
2: honestly I think she deserved it uh the proof was out there it was a lot of fans you know catching on and asking when was she going to get the job and I mean I I assumed it was coming you know the work that she put in the the progress that we made on and off the court as a team and her as an individual and a coach so it was just well-deserved for her. And I'm so proud of her and her accomplishments, you know, as a first year head coach.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where, um, I don't know how much media you all look at, but, uh, Kim Mulkey, the LSU head coach even had one bit during an interview where my friend who works for LSU was like, you need to watch what Kim Mulkey just said, because they were, she brought up coach Finley and she was like, look, like, I, I don't know her personally, like I'm not putting up for her, but that she's a good coach. Like, like, some, they got to hire her, or someone else is going to, is essentially just going to throw the bag at her. So they were like, like, she's going to get paid somewhere. So it's awesome that she got that permanent head coaching title after the season. Um, but just switching more towards an individual approach for you, you've got an interesting play style that I love. Listeners here know that I love it because, I mean, you're, you are one of the shortest players on the team and you are. One of the most consistent rebounders as well. I mean, you had in your sophomore season, you had a a 17 rebound game at one point. So what is it about you that makes you such a good rebounder for one of the smaller players?
2: I mean, obviously, rebounds help win games. I didn't really think that rebounding, you know, would impact the game so much until I got to college. And I was pretty good at, you know, jumping. My versatility, just being able to jump in the air and explode was one of my strengths. So, like, my coach told me he needs me to go get a rebound in high school. I'm like, all right, I got you. <laughs> Game-winning rebounds, you know, it was something that just came natural for me. So when Coach Kelly, you know, tells me, I want you to get every rebound, I'm literally trying to get every rebound. it's <laughs> natural post players. But, you know, uh, I think it's just a strength that I have. And not a lot of small guards are able to do, to do that. So it's just a plus for us and our program still. So.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned that one thing for you is versatility. And I mean, you were fourth on the team in points per game, third in rebounds per game, third in assists per game, and fourth in steals per game. So just how important is it for you to be as well rounded as you are?
2: I mean, I think it's very important because, you know, uh having versatility on a team as much as we do is a plus for us. You know, a lot of teams just have set players that are just shooters or just pull up, you know, pull up jump shots or just uh taking layups or rebounds like everybody has a specific role but what makes us special is that a lot of players on our team are versatile and all-around players so i think you know it's a it's a big deal for for us and for me personally so i'm proud of that and you know awesome
1: and you mentioned going into this past season that you had goals to make the ncaa tournament uh what are your goals for the upcoming season both personally and as a team
2: Personally, I'm just going to keep, you know, improving my game, uh, adding craft to my game, you know, something new every year. I, I look to work on and be consistent with um, as a team, you know, I don't, I don't think anything has changed. We still want to win. We're a competitive team. You know, we're just looking to progress from what we did this past year and, and add on to that with our, you know, new covers with our current players, returning players. So it's going to be pretty exciting. i I'm excited to see what what I bring to the table this year. You know, I've been working on my game so far, and what our team brings. So, How are you working
1: on your game? We you gonna what new are we gonna see from you?
2: <laughs> you just gonna have to wait and find out. I'm not-
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: right,
1: I I got no problem with it. I'm I'm a patient person. I'm I'm ready for this. Uh- and now I'm about to be joined by Richie Bradshaw from Locked On Sun Devils because we got together for a little bit of crossover action to talk about. Emery Jones going from Gainesville to Arizona. And I, I mean, look, I get it. A lot of people hate him. I still love him and I will still stand by him. And we are going to talk about him. But first, I'm going to talk to guys about Bet Online because March Madness is over. The NFL draft is over. MLB is here. NBA playoffs are well underway and into just insanely competitive games, night in, night out. And Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. And Sports information. I've been using Bet Online for five years now. Couldn't be happier with the process. Couldn't be happier with the results either because, woo! Um, It's got so much not just basketball, not just football, baseball, soccer, whatever you want to talk about. Hockey, NHL playoffs are going on too. You can bet on reality TV, award shows, the economy, uh, politics, whatever you want, really. And there's so much on there. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online.
0: Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. What are your overall thoughts about Emory, just to kind of give us like a surface level understanding?
1: Uh, I think when we talk about Emory, just like stepping away from even Emory as a player right now, just talking about Emory as a person, you are getting a just phenomenal person in Arizona State. He, He is just awesome. Like I cannot express him. That's why I love him so much. Was he a fantastic quarterback for us? No, but he is just high character out the wazoo. He's an awesome guy dealt with a lot at Florida. We have a fairly toxic fan base. Um, and he, he, I mean, 90,000 people were booing him against Alabama and he just brushed it off like it was nothing and came out against Alabama and played one of his better games of the season. And we're looking at him as a player He's just one of those guys where he's not going to be the five thousand yard passer, like you said. But he can operate an offense. He's relatively cool under pressure. He was actually excellent against the blitz this past season. When he, when pressure hits him, obviously things happen. But when teams blitzed him, he did a phenomenal job. He's going to create plays out of nothing with his legs, which I think might be the most impressive thing about him I mean he, he led the team in rushing yards last season so I, I think that goes to show that he is a very dynamic runner he can create a chunk play out of absolutely nothing and he's someone that again is just an awesome individual even when he left Florida he said I want to go somewhere that will develop me better as a quarterback uh so that that seems to be his intent he seems to be brought in on Arizona State and if anybody could do it again it's going to be Emory
0: it's interesting that he's focused on becoming a next level quarterback and I'm certainly here for it, but I'm wondering if Arizona state is the right team to get him there. I'm not totally sure, but I certainly hope we are.
1: Yeah. That was one thing when he committed to Arizona state, I was like, really? They That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he very openly was like, I need to go somewhere that's going to develop me as a quarterback, which was also weird because he was originally an Ohio state kid in high school. And then Dan Mullen went to Florida as the head coach and he, and he texted Dan Mullen and he said, I'm going where you go. Like, like I want to be with you and I want you to develop me. And then that just like, didn't happen at all. <laughs> um, but he, he clearly wants to become a quarterback. And again, he's shown that he could do it. He, he had some of his best games against some of the top defenses that he played, you know, he played against Georgia. And I mean, it was Georgia. It was, it was a terrible I mean, that was an NFL defense out there. So many of the guys got drafted in the first round alone. Yeah, for real. And they would have had one more if Nicobe Dean didn't have the shoulder and uh, injury. But right. um, then you, you look at games like um, Alabama, a, an insane team. That, that was number two in the country at the end of the year, lost the national championship, and that was his best game of the year. You look at Georgia, and he didn't play the full game. But when he played, he did, he did a fairly solid job against that defense. And then, I mean, as silly as it sounds to say, you look at the Samford game, um, which of course, Samford is an FCS program, but Florida completely just did not show up in that game. But you know who did show up? Emery Jones and Emory Jones is the reason they won that Samford game. It, it was a bad game. And towards the end of the year, Florida was an awful program, but Emory Jones came out against Sanford and and set Florida records against them in a game that they still barely won. Like That game was won because of Emory Jones, and say what you will about him, but he shows up when the team needs him to. He might be limited in some ways, but even the Tennessee game, he played phenomenally against Tennessee. You look at the Kentucky loss. He didn't play that bad against Kentucky. He had a few bad passes, but I mean – when you have 16 penalties and 10 of them are false starts it's kind of hard to win that game um but but i mean Emory jones is, is the type fun. where yeah it sucked is emery Jones is the type where he's going to show up when a team needs him and so if he could be the guy at arizona state and he can kind of elevate this team that's what he's going to do
0: so what should sun devil fans expect offensively with emery jones is it is it going to be maybe a step forward from Jaden based off of what we kind of know, like how like not great he was. Should we expect kind of what we saw it? Certainly, I know we're not going to expect any kind of decrease, but based off of what you know about Emory, what, what should we kind of anticipate?
1: Anticipate Jaden, but better. Like, like if Jaden Daniels was better at playing football, then he'd be Emory. <laughs>
0: Dude, that's perfect. I mean, I seriously have been hammering that home for a while now is like Emory feels like a better, almost even safer Jaden Daniels because Daniels was just so poor across the board last year. And I love Jaden. Like he he did a lot of good for Arizona State, more good than bad. And he gets a lot of backlash from the from the from the fans and whatnot. And some of it deservedly so, because he definitely left us hung out to dry when he said November, he's coming back for a senior year. And then, you know, a month later he transfers and it's like, thanks. Spencer Rattler took a visit out here. You know, we really could have used him, but end of the day, I think that Emery is going to be a good step above what Jaden was. And I'm glad you agree.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I guess like Emery is going to be that guy. And he won't leave you high and dry. He told Florida in early December, he's like, look, I'm transferring after the bowl game. And then he went through and he went through the first week of spring ball and then hit the portal when I guess he realized like, yeah, I really don't have a future here. Um, but he he's not the type to leave you high and dry. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators and the second part of that Nina Rickards interview, which I am very excited for. That was one of the Again, best interviews I've done. I I loved the off-court part more than the on-court part, so stay tuned for that tomorrow. Now make your second listen, Locked on SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. He is just phenomenal at his job. Constant player interviews, constant guests, and he's constantly right. It's kind of irritating as someone that's a specialist over here. But for Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all of my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E and IONI Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.